to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I want to share a few interesting stories with you guys. Um, Those of you who know me will know that I really love the church. Ego van Kerk. Ego van Mensen. And, uh, but you know, there's some funny things that happens in church. Let me just share a few stories. So, um, uh, recently, the, in our church, there was two moms that just started to shout at one another. Uh, flat out, because the one baby bit the other one. Okay? <laughs> and, and what happened is that um, the, the one parent left our church because of what... Uh, kind of kids you know come to our church and but but now the funny thing is um both of them were visitors <laughs> so both visited and left we still pray for them to i don't know reconcile somewhere and come back um, but these kind of things happen in church um i had received a letter from uh, a gentleman in our church who was very mad because he enrolled for some other thing at church it was a event or something, but the course um, champion or facilitator spelled his name wrong on the registration list, and this person was deeply mad at me because that happened. That's church, okay? Okay, I've got a good one. I've got a good one. So a few years back in Secunda, one of my leaders, some of you will, will know her, is a single lady... Um, and she took it upon herself to discipline and spank another mom's child at the back of our church when she found him with his hand in the chocolate cake, okay? Uh, but now, if you're a parent, uh, no, you know, you're okay with spanking your own child, but, but no one's supposed to do it for you, okay? But, but that's church, and I just love church. And, and there's so many more stories like that and when I hear it and when I share these stories, I can just say that I really fit in well with church. I, I, I feel so at home and I realize if I really think about it, in each one of those stories, I'm there. I'm just like that. But why do I love church so much? I mean, why haven't I left? I, and I see myself in those funny stories and people really get mad. And then I think, I ask myself, why is Christ committed to church? Now, the things we do is much worse. And then obviously it's because he knows he is central to cleansing us, the church, beautifying us for his return. And he, so he knows what we will look like. And so he's in for the right while this process is falling into place. He's got a vision. He knows she's going to be beautiful. And he's taking part in it. Where are you when it comes to church? Where do you, what bent do you have in your heart towards church? Uh, is your expectation that um, you um, should never have to experience one of those bad episodes in church? Let me tell you what, it's coming your way some other day. <laughs> so be ready. We are here to cleanse her, to be a part of a solution. 
in my house, um, we know often a family is likened to church. We've, we've got a lot of chaos. And at this moment, it's got to do with a potty training. It's uh, decorating our home in a whole new way, all right? And um, so let me just not get too graphic. But you know when chaos, when chaos reigns in a family, um, dad, dad, come and help. Or mom, when, when, a, when a parent or father figure arrives in chaos... There's blood all over the place. There's nappies. And then dad comes. Or mom. And and things are okay. I want to read a scripture quickly for you guys. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 15. It says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. I became your father in Christ. Jesus through the gospel. Now, um, I want to talk today about fatherhood and... um, Please don't um, switch off if you're new around here. I just really struggled with this title. Okay, so just bear with me. Um, Firstly, this is not gender-specific, all right? Often when Scripture speaks of being a son, uh, it's speaking about being an heir, okay? In those times, it was sons. Who inherits eternal life? All of us, right? So when when I use the term being a father, please translate for yourself if you're a lady in church, you've got a heart for discipleship, that's you, all right? So you're a father in a weird way. Uh, and um, in the same, with, if I use the word son, it's, okay. The Bible obviously is not um, gender confused when it says one husband and one wife, in that case we know, but when it speaks about the son, it's talking about spiritual matters, all right? I want to talk about this, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, um, Oh, let me just define it. When I, when I use the word fatherhood or father this morning, I'm not, I'm not implying some kind of man that's a guru sitting on a special seat and he knows everywhere, I'm, everything. I just mean someone that's willing to extend his hand to another person and walk with them on a road that they've walked before. Okay? That means, I know I was a spiritual father in, in a smaller sense when I was still a student. I led many guys to the Lord. Right? And although my capacity and my experience and the depth of my character was still very small, already that process was being, was being born and shaped in me. So no one is excluded today when I want to um, talk about fatherhood or being a parent in God's house or a leader. So what qualifies me just to chat about this is not because I'm there, but I think I'm in the process of being developed by God, and also in our church, I am about the oldest. So by default, if uh, there's 20 year olds and the oldest person in church is 32, then that's your father. <laughs> that's, that's, that's as easy as that. But um, but God is doing a work. But Scripture says, though you have many guides, you've got many opinions. Just go onto the internet. Everyone's got something to say. But who's really willing to help? Who's really willing to help you? come next to you and, and, and walk with you and, and show you. So what I want to do today is um, uh, let's start with 1 John chapter 2 and then um, we're going to talk through some nice stuff. Also, is vandaag bezig met vlees, okay? It's going to be um, it's going to be deep. It's going to be in your face, but I know that's the way you like it. Um, I'm writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. 
And I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. And I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. And that word overcome is very important there. And if you go to verse 14, it's not on there. It just actually repeats the sequence. So there's a place where someone comes into the faith and all you have to be is a child. Lord, just here I am, full of sin. He accepts you, saves your life. And then as you start to know him, you grow just like a a human into young men. And I think um, growing to a young man is, is something that will happen as you as you come to, to hear God's word and worship and read his word. But I think there's a lot of people that falls out. That begin, that begin. I think the pass rate or the graduation rate from being young men to being fathers, that's where the kingdom takes a dent. Because here's the thing. When you are a child, many things are given to you. You are being spoon-fed, and that's okay when you are young. Enjoy it. When you are a young man, you're starting to get some responsibility. But here's the thing. When you go home, there's food on the table. There's a roof over your head. And then at one stage, you need to take responsibility. And so you have to overcome certain things in this world to become a husband or a father. And spiritually, the same thing. There is some things that the young men have to overcome to be fathers. And now... There's no way in one sermon, in this awesome moment with you guys, we can cover this whole thing. But I believe that there is three things that God has shown me that I have experienced the last year or so, or actually still working through. And also a lot of my friends that's growing, that's going through this growth spurred with me. There's three things, young men and women, that you will face on your way to become a father or a mother in God's house. If you are a new believer, even if you are a visitor here, you are here. When, when he touches you, it is so that you may be there for others, so that you may be an example of Christ to those in your family, in your workplace. So this should be a burning desire. Okay, so I want to go for it this morning. Are you ready? Number one, you will have to grow through offenses. Okay? Yes, ons. Dit gebeur nou, Jan George. I'm just doing this, Jan George, so that everyone can forgive you. Okay, it's not right. <laughs> you will have to overcome many things, young men. Bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Okay, so the first conversation I had, I was 25 years old, and the church appointed me to be a pastor. I don't know what they were thinking, but they did it, and I survived, and the church is still standing in Cape Town, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> Very first conversation I had with Tians, my senior pastor was, in the ministry, you need a thick skin. I didn't know what he meant back then. I discovered it along the way. I want to give you one or two examples of what happens in church as a family. A friend of mine in another church, not even another shofar, they really have a very great um, culture of um, living life together. And um, they... Um, 
speak very openly with one another, with what they observe in their walk with Christ. They speak into one another's marriages, and, and that is a culture they have, all right? And so a few of his friends, elders with him, calls him and has the following feedback to give him. We want you to give attention to your son. We want you to bathe or shower him more often and put the odorant on his body. It's a young lad. Now, if you are a parent, let me tell you what, that hurts. That hurts. But now here's the truth, which they did not know, is that the young boy, that he had a medical condition. So when he runs, he sweats very profusely and, and, and he ends up stinking and he often forgets to put up his stuff. But, but that's not the point. The point is that was his brothers that called him in. And let me tell, tell you something about those guys. No one loves him more than those people. You will be offended in church. You will experience it one day or another. Amen? This has happened to a friend of mine, the next story, in church. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Basically, his friend calls him in and says, your wife is out of order. Let me tell you what. These are the things that causes people to run out of church, not into fatherhood. Okay? Are you ready to face... Because here's the thing, even if those people are wrong, they might be right and they might put their finger on something that's so painful, but if you think about it, they're actually right. I should spend more time with my wife and make sure she grows because you know what? I can't come to church alone my whole life, all right? Maybe they're right. But are they allowed to be wrong with something so specific? An offense is coming to you one of these days. Are you ready? In a theater near you. It will be on your way. Let me tell you something. In scripture, you'll find that in Galatians 4 and Romans 8, it says God has not given us a spirit that we must fear or it says to make us slaves, but he's given us the Holy Spirit, which causes us to do what? To cry out. Father, okay? So he's bringing us into family. When it comes to these things, to offenses, I will give you a tip that will help you with your walk in church. The Holy Spirit always brings near. He works in me that I cry out, Abba, Father. He brings me into family. The orphan spirit will take every opportunity at offense to do exactly the opposite. What is that? Create distance between you and that person. How can they say such a thing to me? And at first you just distance your heart. You're still there. You're still in church, a small group. And then, and then, I don't know if it's God or the devil, but another offense comes because I know God wants us to grow through this as well because he's the forgiver, right? So he wants to train us in forgiveness as well. And so it happens again. And, and, and if, you're not, if the Holy Spirit is not helping, if you're not open, you create another arm's length of distance. Again, then you become offense-prone. So you hear it and you see it in everything. You, you hear it in every sermon. Oh, he's saying that because of me. 
And before long, you are separated. And then what happens is church becomes not a joy, but a duty. The moment you're there, this has happened. And then maybe you don't pass the test that every young man and woman will face to maintain family through offenses. Holy Spirit brings near. Can I give you an example? Christ bending down, not only near, but very humbly washing the feet of the man that will betray him. The Holy Spirit always brings near. Allowing the man to kiss him. Peter denies him three times. Christ gets out of the grave. I, I, I just can almost think him just looking forward to see Peter. Why? Because he's going to bring him near again. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did it. Brings him face to face. Holy Spirit always brings near. Through the offense and through the hurts. Why is this so important? Why, will, why is it in God's plan that this comes to us? I'm telling you, God will ordain some offenses. Sometimes someone will say they love you and you'll hear something else. He will bring it across your road. Because when you are a leader... This will be one of the greatest things, obstacles in the life of young believers. Who's going to coach them? You. You have to bring them through. So you will go through. You will be wrong. Some, someone will get it wrong about you. You'll stay and then you'll be justified a year later. Say, so why did you keep still? I don't need, I, I'm okay. Love you guys. He's going to take you through. Be ready. Are you with me this morning? He's taking you to be a leader, to be a father. How are you doing? Don't limit your growth. Amen? Now, grow in accountability or discipline. You can choose which one you want to use after I discuss the point. Sometimes I get, it's very hard for me to put up uh, sermon titles and headings. So help me with it, okay? In your notebook. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Is that word again? Family. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He disciplines the one he loves. Now next time when you sing, he loves me. Oh, how he loves you. Remember, Lord, I want to experience more of your love. Just pour your love out on me, Lord. I want to experience your love. That's what I want. Watch out. Because you can't, cannot take the ingredient of discipline out of love. Because a father who does not discipline his son does not love his son. So be ready. Watch out what you sing. And he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Faithful are the wounds. Oh, that's just a different scripture up for you guys. I love this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Watch out for those who only want to speak well 
of you in front of you. Watch out. Is that your real friend? I don't know. Time will tell. Can they talk to you about the fact that you don't realize your son is really not smelling well at church and maybe you're not helping him? I mean, can they say that? That's so difficult. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But now, when we talk about discipline, it can come from God or through people. But um, I, I just have experienced that young believers who are open, that people can speak into their life, they grow, they grow very fast. They literally shoot past people that has got the growth defense mechanisms that, that very shy for feedback. Those who are open, they grow very fast. Now, um, it's just interesting because that, that platform of feedback can be quite a painful one. and It's one we often want to um, actually sidestep. We don't want to hear the bad things. But I want to share a testimony out of my own life. Um, last year, I went to a little conference held in Secunda. Um, it was after convergence and my wife was in Cape Town for work. And I thought, you know what, I just want to go to... A solid conference and just sit there, you know, not worrying about the chairs being packed or doing the announcement or preaching or anything. I just want to receive. And I went there and I received something very precious. Um, there was a, a message on growing and becoming a leader for God. And the speaker, he identified a few things that he saw um, is in the lives of every person that he saw became a great godly leader. And one of these things was the ability of the man or of the person to receive feedback on his character and skills. All right? Now, the problem with that is many people are not open for it because it hurts. When people give feedback, that's not great. Okay? So we often don't want to hear it. So what I did is I quickly sent out a message before um, I decided not to do it. And I sent out a message to five people that have served with me on teams for longer than a year. And I said, okay, talk. Talk to me about my, my, your experience of my leadership on that team, um, whether I led the team or whether I was with you on the team. Talk about my character, go for it. I'll tell you what, it's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. But I opened my heart. You know, every one of those people at least almost wrote an essay before they actually gave the feedback just to say how much they love me and how they don't want to do this. <laughs> but then you know, then you know <laughs> it's coming. Well, <laughs> when they start, you know I love you, ne? Okay. <laughs> Sit your helmet or puppy. Any case, I never grew as much as I grew last year, October, November, December, January, taking that feedback to different platforms. This is what I'm receiving. This is what people see in my life. This is hard. Help me. How do I handle this? Now, don't give that feedback to your wife. Okay, when say it, wie dit gesê, wie dit gesê, God gives her to protect you. <laughs> How are you doing with that? 
I'll tell you why this is so important. But just a tip. Get faithful people that love you and give them a platform. Because I'm telling you that feedback is coming. God's going to send it. So make sure you give the right people the platforms quickly so that they can talk with you. And don't tell people to give you feedback that you know won't tell you the truth. All right? Give them opportunity to be honest. I'll tell you why this is so important in, in, on this topic of growing and being a leader in God's house and being a father. God wants to take you there. Because when you are a leader, you will give feedback to young people. You will correct. You will reveal what you see. But now if you have received, if you've been vulnerable yourself, you know what it feels like. and You know how to give or how not to give your feedback. I'll tell you what, if you are a humble father, you will have many sons. And if you are an arrogant father, you will look behind you after years and you'll see no one there. And they won't follow. So God is training you right now. So while you are still new in this church, young in the faith, if you regard yourself as a young man, open those channels and start receiving the great things, the compliments, and also the difficult things. And don't push back when they speak. Open up. Say, so, so help me. Pray with me through this. Amen? You need to grow in accountability or discipline. I think this disqualifies many people, not from the faith, but from becoming leaders and leading others well. This very thing here. You know, um, the, the challenge here is that if someone gives you feedback and you're not ready, is that you, um, that instead of taking it, that you go to another person and say, can you believe what that person told me? I, I can do the... American woman really well. But I won't. Maybe just mother go. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, we, we 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 become the American woman when we hear that feedback. You don't tell me. No, let them speak. Let them speak. Because one day you will lead. And you will speak. Amen. Number three, you will have to grow through suffering. This is the hardest one of the three. Get you like I said, it's meat, the stakes for ochend. This is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Here's another thing. Lord, I just want to experience your grace. Another one of those points. Watch out. <laughs> How is it gracious, Lord? I don't know. God must reveal to us. Now, that can't be God because God is full of grace. You know, you, you really experience suffering right now. That's not God. You, it might be. <laughs> it might be that God is training you to become mighty, to keep your eyes on him no matter what. I came to church, some of these points, they just come together. Um, Church was my family. I mean, I came to Stellenbosch, I got saved, and I got baptized the day before I went 
on first year's camp. God knew, for the sake of myself and the campus, do it before I go. <laughs> and so he did it. And for me, church was the perfect family from a distance as I came in. Um, Fred Osias was preaching on Sundays. The band was amazing. I mean, there was trompeta and dwarfsflater with Timothy and those guys. It, it was like you're in heaven, okay? And I thought, man, this family is perfect until you realize that everyone's got feet of clay, including yourself. And so some of the hard things we experience... Uh, the suffering is often emotional things, and, and those are sometimes harder than you know experiencing physical suffering. Let me tell you one story. This is a uh, a lady. Her husband is a friend of mine. Um, this happened in a, in a church actually in Secunda, but not not our church. It could happen. Could happen in this church. Uh, they had a very um, very vulnerable thing that happened in them in their marriage. Um, something that needs or needed actually to be treated with a lot of respect and guidance from the people that they've trusted with what happened there. Um, And what happened is the story became the news of the church because it landed on the ears of one person that should not. This can happen in any church. This can happen in, in our congregation or in this one. That suffering. <laughs> Everyone knew what happened in our marriage. The shame of that. I mean, you can just imagine. These are the kind of things when it happens, the enemy opens the door and says, Go. Run. And I can almost understand <laughs> if someone runs from church and never comes back. I'm not saying it's the best way, but I can understand. I can see it. These are the training grounds where leaders in the church are being trained. It's a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. He will train you. There's times when he will remove the crutches that conveniently holds us up until there's only him that's left. And then someone's going to sit one day in your shadow and you've been trained. Don't run. Don't run away from God. What you experience right now, I know. Here I am, 20 years later. I had a moment where I could go, where I could walk away from God. I did not stay. You'll do well. Amen? This is coming your way. I've got a friend, some of you know him, I'm not I'm going to share his name. But um, his little um, boy got born without breath. I mean, he didn't make it. Why does this happen? I don't know. But it happens to believers and unbelievers the same. These are the training grounds you find yourself on. Sometimes we um, think the best way to think about these Moments of suffering is not to talk about it. No, we must engage. We must engage very strongly because this is reality. It is in our lives. Yes, we have a joy that is set before us. One day when he comes, there will be no more pain. There will be no more moment. There will be no suffering to endure. 
There will be no person to forgive because it won't be needed. But now, even though we're looking unto that kingdom and we experience it when we worship, we are living still in this world. So this is, a, this is part of the makeup of our growth is this thing of suffering. Amen? To Timothy 1 verse 8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering. Here's the thing. I just want to land on suffering for a moment. It is meant to be shared. That's what makes suffering different in here than out there where it's a desert and a jungle. How is God with you in your suffering? He's there and you are there for one another. It's meant to be shared in this place. It's meant to look different in the life of a believer. You should not go through it alone. But I just want to give this, this um, just encouragement to some of us who are maybe a bit hesitant to, maybe you're, you're an introvert at, 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 at heart, and that's okay, it's nothing wrong with them. But just know that someone like me, if something goes wrong in my life, everyone knows about it, okay? It's just how I walk into the room, you know, and, and everyone knows, and, and there's prayer and there's support. And maybe you, you often experience these kind of things alone. Don't do that. Go to someone. Find a neck to fall on. It's meant to be shared. You don't have to tell it to the whole small group, but go to someone and say, listen, I need to, I need to share. This load is not meant to be carried alone. That's what makes suffering in God's home different than the outside. Amen? So share. Sometimes you can't wait for someone to comfort you. You need to find someone to comfort you. Do it. We're finishing up. Blessed be God, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. You know what? If we were not born into this world, we would never know God's comfort. You can only be comforted when you need comfort. And so we get to know the God of comfort closely. We also experience him through our friends who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. You're on your road to become a father. There's a lot of comforting you're going to have to do. Amen? With the comfort of which we ourselves were comforted by God. For as we share, there's that word again, abundantly in Christ's suffering, so Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort. God is training us, guys. Putting us through the tests, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. On the road to fatherhood, number one, grow through your offenses. It will look different than mine, but you will have them. Amen? Grow in accountability. Open that table of feedback. Open it wide. Get people around the table and say, you know what? Speak into my life. 
uh, just a while back, one of the young men in our church got married and he invited a few of us to breakfast and he said, you guys must speak. You, you must speak into my life and into my marriage. Open invitation. Amen? And grow through suffering, which might be emotional, might be physical, it might be in the form of um, losing a loved one. Maybe God came to fetch them, which is not losing. Amen. Um, before I pray, I just want to take a moment and, um, and, and speak to, to um, the young men, also young in age. You don't wait for the father to phone you. Or to reach out to you. You go and sit under his shade. You make contact. You connect. If you feel, you, if you feel on your own, go and connect. Amen? Father, I want to thank you for every heart in this place. There's some very young children here in the faith that is at this moment just experiencing your love and it's just wow, having those hands of the Father picking, picking you up and that's so great, Lord, and you growing them to be young men, Lord, that starts to represent you well and they're becoming faithful and reading and understanding your word and, and sharing and they're enjoying the shade of, of the fathers that creates safety. And, and then I want to thank you, actually, Lord, for those who have walked through some of these things. But on through the many wars, Lord, maybe the death of their parents and some parents maybe even saying goodbye to child Lord and those kind of things that, that comes our way in life Lord through many offenses and sufferings they are still here wells of love and leadership and care thank you Lord for them as this church grows Lord to impact Johannesburg Lord we need more more fathers mothers so that more children can be born in this place and be fed and loved and cared for you do a work Lord and so Lord I just pray just a blanket prayer for everyone that or anyone that just might be holding on Lord to that unforgiveness as we heard also worship or just that offense that that just bitterness is just holding them back lord right now lord i just release a grace for them to say i'm free i'm gonna forgive i'm gonna love you do mighty work lord because this is your people lord and so bring us near, Lord. Holy Spirit, bring us near to the place where we say, Abba, Father, here I am, a son. In your home, in your church, Lord. 
father us, Lord, that we may father many. And Lord, and we take that scripture so seriously, though you have many guides, you don't have many fathers, we say, Lord, raise us up, Lord, to be obedient to your desire to have fathers in your house, Lord. 